0: That's what clients want.
1: I don't think they're going to go beyond their power.
0: Fundamental to it.
1: Keeps you on the radar.
2: So here we are, this is episode 67. We're back. This is the Bricks and Mortar podcast It's all about buying, selling, and renting property. It's a sideways look at property through my lens. I'm Johnny Williams. I'm a solicitor, mortgage broker. So with buying, selling, or renting, you know what? We're gonna try and make the whole process a lot easier. So what kind of week have you had? Good, bad, indifferent? Well, as far as we're concerned, it's been pretty good. It's been a slow month, though, as far as the old property game is concerned. I don't know what you thought about that. I've been speaking to my good friends at Reddy's, and they have said that the start of September, it was as if everybody had fallen off the edge of a cliff. Is it the fact that Brexit is now suddenly everybody is thinking about it? James, you just cannot get away without listening to something about Brexit. It is on every newspaper. It's on every news bulletin and on the world wide webs, it's on there as well. You cannot get away from it. Are we going in? Are we staying in? Are we gonna have another referendum? It just isn't going away. And I think it started to affect the property market. I think there's a lot less people who are thinking of putting their property on the market because they don't think the demand is going to be there. And so therefore, if the demand is not going to be there, then potentially they're not going to get the skyrocketing prices that the estate agents had said that they would do. So it's going to be tough times maybe for for those people who are trying to sell property until we get this blasted Brexit thing out of the way, but it's been good this week for us. bricks and mort mortgages we're at Crow Road you've probably seen if you go up and down Crow Road you've probably seen us there. We got uh, four new bits of, of work on on Thursday, which is great and we had two bits of business from SPIN, the um, property network book uh, group that is it comes out of Facebook. And uh, we had a couple of walk-ins, which is really good. We've been open now since March and uh, we do get a walk-in probably once a week. And I've said to Catherine, who I work with, I said probably the first 12 pieces of work we get as far as walk-ins are concerned are going to be so important because it's then going to be able to drive the business in that locale and hopefully word will spread and you know what it's like personal referrals are the best referrals that you can possibly get so if we can get into the Jordan Hill community then that will ultimately stand us in really good stead moving forward it's been a good week training as most of you know I'm training for Valencia Marathon that's coming up on the 1st of December battered out a 5k I don't have you done the park run uh, done the park run at Victoria Park it's one that's based in the West End and uh, it's just a batter round the pond at Victoria Park 5k you go round the pond three times and I battered that out blasted that out in 20 minutes 38 I think so I was pretty pleased about that training's going fairly well no niggling injuries that have cropped up yet so that's all good news and uh, Oh yes, we had Nigel Hammonds in from Scottish Building Society. Now, there's a building society you might not have heard of, the Scottish Building Society. They're quirky. They do odds and sods, really sort of quirky lending, and really to have them as an arrow in my quiver as far as a mortgage broker is concerned, they're absolutely fantastic. They do things like Airbnb. Uh, put a post on LinkedIn about Airbnb and uh, they do that and they do commercial, they they lend above commercial properties even if you've got a pub uh, and you're trying to get a a mortgage over a pub uh, they will do that, they won't lend directly above the pub but if you're to above the pub or to the side of the pub, then they appear not to have a great problem with that. And also, they are still doing the guarantor mortgages. So, you parents that are out there who are wanting to help your son or daughter get onto the property uh, ladder, then they are one of the few lenders that do a pure guarantor mortgage. So, who are we talking to this week? We are talking to the good people at Delaney Graham. We've got Shan Delaney and Mike Graham have come on. I actually had a chat with them a fortnight ago and asked whether or not they would be interested to come on to the podcast. And they said, listen, absolutely delighted. The more people that they can reach out to, then the better their start to their new business is going to be. So they've come out of Iron Peach Solicitors. They were there for about five years, I think, and they had that awkward conversation I guess between the two of them clearly they wanted to do something themselves but they didn't know whether or not either of them were wanting to work with one another Um, and so they sort of put that had that conversation and it was one of those conversations where in the end it was well I've been thinking about this for a fair amount of time um, and this is great that you want to do the same thing. So they certainly seem to go on like a house and fire and they've got a great number of synergies there and I'm sure that they will make an absolute success of their business. It's called Delaney Graham. We had a chat with them this week. We talked about uh, what does it take to set up uh, a business, any business really, and uh, their fails, their successes to date. A great insight, and if you've got any desire to jack in the job and do something that you want to do, like I've done and also Delaney Graham have done, this will give you a really good insight. Um, so, have a listen to it, and we'll catch you on the other side. Hi there, how are you doing?
1: Kids, how are you?
2: I'm Very well, very well. I tell you what, it's, we spoke about... Um, the velvet rope, didn't we last last time around, about having clients make sure that you want to act for the right kind of clients. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got to be fit to get up those stairs.
1: <laughs> oh, geez, oh. So you've got all the kit with you?
2: Well listen, we've only got this and that's that's it. Um so it's not We'll, well, we do
1: home visits, you see, so... All right,
2: so that's fine. Well, I've got the kit, you're right. Clambering upstairs with all of that was uh, was something else. So, Michael, is he...?
1: He's just coming. He's on the phone.
2: Good, good. Yeah, How are things?
1: Yeah, good, good. Good start to the week, anyway. Yeah?
2: And what does that entail, a good start to the week for you?
1: Numbers. Yeah. Cases coming. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> yes. So I found that I was speaking to Retties um, just during the week and they were saying that September was start September was quieter for Mm. them and new instructions and we both felt that maybe that was a sort of Brexit. I mean you couldn't Mm. everywhere you went, it was all Brexit, it was all doom and gloom. Um,
1: I feel like after that decision yesterday, people are just gonna be like anyone that was holding off for it just like right, this is a farce. Yes. I need to do what I'm going to do. So
2: a lot of the commentators are now saying that it's not going to happen on the 31st of October. Who knows? Well, exactly. And then what are they going to do at Parliament? They're coming back to Parliament, and, but nobody's got any business to discuss. You right, Good, 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 good. good. Um, it is. It's completely partial I'm
1: quite happy, though, with how the whole separation of powers worked out in terms of
2: so is this now meaning that no matter what the government say ultimately if they step out of line somebody can go to court and challenge it now and challenge it and then all the historians and all the legal eagles are saying this is like they're quoting stuff from the 14th century and the 17th century that this is absolutely what's happened is absolutely groundbreaking
0: the government has to function it has to know, you know, be able to kind of work without challenge and counter challenge and now I'm perfectly happy that it has been challenged but uh-huh. it doesn't necessarily make for tra- tra- practical it was working back. I mean, with the with the Lords,
1: was yeah. it? Yeah it was yeah. unanimous. It was eleven um, eleven to zero. Eleven to zero. That's not gonna happen again unless it is something Massively unconstitutional. That's happened. Well, that's, that's well, what oh, is it, yeah, is, I mean, this is clearly what? not about doing what's for best for the country. For them to exercise that right you know, I don't think they're going to go beyond their power.
2: No, and they it's can't challenge to be the best it. I mean, it's in the country. It's the highest core from the land, mm-hmm. so you can't go. Yeah. Is it not the case though that you can go to Europe and challenge it? <laughs> so that that's would be that would be the irony. That would be the irony, of course, wouldn't <we> <laughs> it? Boris t- goes off <laughs> to imagine to Brussels and <laughs> said, oh, listen, what they've done in our country is <laughs> not right. What,
0: what <laughs> was can here, please? <laughs>
2: I know, you can make it up, can you? Oh, gee whiz. Who knows where it's going? Who knows where it's going? But listen, we're, we're sitting down and we're, we're chatting with the, the pair of you um, and it's all brand new and shiny. Yep. Uh, we spoke at length last week mm-hmm. uh, about what you were trying to achieve uh, and the reasons for what you were doing. So I guess just to to tell the listeners, I guess, um, a bit about a backstory for, for the pair of you. So you've been in the law for years and years and years. Yep. Um, you have um, were with a particular firm for a long period of time and then you just felt, well, what did you feel? I felt time was right to go alone. Yeah.
0: Um, we had a conversation and um, we thought that we could do it Yeah, um, and we were quite
1: like-minded as well in uh-huh. terms of what we wanted to achieve and what our vision was for how we saw a fully functioning law firm and how it dealt with its clients, how it got business in, how it processed the work um, and long term where we wanted it to go. Yep. Um, we just seemed to be on the same page about so many elements that it was a very natural fit. Uh huh.
2: And I guess the fact that you have both been working together for a period of time. How long have you been working brought, together? Five and a half years. We've right. been together. In um, okay. so, the same team. Yes. So I'm pretty confident that because. So your day to day interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was it very much when you sat down? Was it a case of oh, I'm glad you've come to me to discuss this because this is just what I was about to discuss with you.
0: Yeah. There was um, an element of that. Who made uh, the first step? Yeah.
1: And <laughs> 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 was it a case in, of training right carefully? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had to do things properly. Yes. And um, so it was a, you know, it was hypothetical. Uh-huh. If what what <laughs> what if we did this? What do you think? How does it work out? Right. But I mean, that, I suppose that's how all of these conversations begin. Well, it is,
2: because if you don't get the right answer, you just think, well, maybe it's not the right time. Maybe yeah. you reassess what you want well, to do before it. you go and speak to somebody else. You think else. you
1: know what the other person's going to say, but uh-huh. until you actually... You don't really
0: know until you have that conversation, though. Aha,
1: uh-huh, approach it, um, you really... Yeah, you are kind of taking a bit of a gamble, and you're putting your cards on the table. Yeah,
0: yes. and at the time, um, it was a call which I was... Very glad to receive, shall we say, mm-hmm. um, and almost immediately thought, yeah, there's definitely mileage in this. Yes.
2: Um, let's let's talk further. so we? That. And in starting any business, I mean, obviously I've started bricks and mortar mortgages, and and I had to get my badges, etc. And then yep. you have to go and get your blenders on board, etc. So it's just not a case of finishing up with the old place and then on the mo- on the Friday no, no, and then starting it it up all. on the <laughs> Monday. Like <laughs> mean, what to be done? Yeah. So. Talk us through that. So you got law society first of all, or, or tell um, me what was the first first step. Thing
1: was the company incorporation? Okay, get a limited company organised. Yeah, um, get bank accounts organised. Um, so we had to make sure we had the actual business infrastructure in place, so that then it was presented to the law society. Yeah, it was in a certain format that, like we know what we're doing, what we're looking to achieve, mm. um, and then, yeah, it was get the Articles Association Street, also Law Society, to get approval and get a practice unit organised. Um, and then it was all the kind of more officey yeah. bits and pieces. Let's find the premises. We mm. need to kit it out. We need to sort out IT. Um, and then the business development But oh, yeah, was in between all of this, all at the same time. But uh-huh.
0: <laughs> well, we knew what the kind of rough timescale was. Um, for law society approval
1: mm-hmm.
0: from start to finish was going to be which is so about four, four weeks, weeks wasn't is it right okay um and it was pretty much that four weeks that it took
1: yeah and i will be very honest and say the law society and the registration department were totally helpful good really which maybe really flies in the face of the yeah. general perception of them the absolutely 10. uh-huh i more or less is one point of contact yeah and yeah Anything that they needed, they came straight back to me. It wasn't a hand-holding exercise at all, uh-huh. um, but they didn't put the barriers up that yeah. I kind of expected or I was right. nervous about because. And before we've got the approval, you know, we're going to chat to <coughs> people and say we're setting up a law firm and we've signed a lease for the premises. See, but we're <laughs> saying on the
0: premises um, which we plan to operate from without mm. actually having that stage. Yeah. Or that box ticket, so there's <laughs> an element of no. My goodness, what if this actually doesn't go the way we expected to go? But um, <laughs> not inter- no, <laughs> not, yeah. not that we anticipated any problems. But um, getting that confirmation through on a Friday afternoon, we got it through, which and, was yeah, it was nice. really good. It I was.
1: Um, and the the registrar's phone me and she said, "Look, I know it's right to the wire on a Friday afternoon, but I didn't want you to be hanging all week yeah. weekend. And I've so got, so got some good news for you. Yeah, right. Give me the good news. It's all through." Um, we had already teed up the PI cover, mm-hmm. um, filled out all the forms, submitted everything off, but they wouldn't actually uh, process the policy until we had the law society approval. Right. Um, so it's so all kind of dominoes almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then that was the next thing straight onto Lockton. It was
2: interesting what you said there from a service perspective, <coughs> and I think this covers every, um, every company, is that if you can be given one contact, one source of contact and you don't so. feel as if you're being thrown to the wolves and then you get passed from pillar to post and you don't know what the heck's yeah. going on it's certainly something that we try and instil that I deal with um, the getting the numbers as far as a mortgage is concerned and then it goes to Catherine and Catherine is the point of contact sure. from start to finish and you guys I guess from from a, an ethos it's very, you, you don't have a, a team ultimately if we're going to work with yourself Shan, then it's you that from start to finish and yourself as well from day one we wanted to make sure
0: that clients had the confidence that that wasn't going to happen Mm -hmm. wouldn't be passing pilot to post or it wouldn't be a question of their work being being delegated to to teams of paralegals or to secretaries Shan and I will be the point of contact from the point of negotiation to Mm -hmm. them getting a set of keys in their hand Um, and Personally, if it's me, that's what I would want. Yeah. Not being terribly sure who's dealing with your transaction at any particular point of the process, I don't think works terribly well. And certainly the feedback we've had so far mm-hmm. has very much been that that's what clients want. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, doing it that way, you've certainly you've got someone that has the knowledge of your transaction and has worked on it from start to finish. And the byproduct of that is you're building a relationship. Um, sorry, I hope so. Each and everything you speak to them.
2: They're a smart bunch of clients. They know when you're faking it. Absolutely. So that sort of <laughs> rustle of the papers. If you a phone call, just wait a second, I really know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's the last thing that you want. And clearly, that's, you're not going to get that here, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so your USP, you, your niche, and I think from having had and spent time in the law and seen a lot of changes... Um, and worked in a small firm, a large firm, and a medium-sized firm, there's a huge amount of change in the legal side of things. And it now seems to be that you've got the big boys who are doing all the sexy stuff, the fancy stuff, the corporate, the commercials, etc., the full services they like to be called. And then you've got the middle tier, and then you've got the niche tier, which I guess you guys will be because it's purely Mm convincing. And I think what's happening is from the middle tier and having worked in a middle tier firm, what happens is that the big boys come along and they take that part of the business and that part of the business and they won't take anything else Mm -hmm. and they then get bigger and ultimately if the the parts of the business that are working, you either go with the big boys and throw your hat with them or you decide, you know what, this can work. Mm -hmm. There's a guy, Stuart Easton, um, who does wills, trusts, that's that's all he does. Out the south side, um, and you guys are just going to be doing the conveyancing. That's right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, so that is that the USP? What, what sort of?
0: Well, we don't know what, what they seen as a Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. You know, both of our backgrounds are very much in conveyancing. Yeah. Um, possibly by chance, that's you know what we both gonna kind of fell into mm-hmm. from a point of from from the word go. Yeah. From our traineeships. Yeah. Um, but we like to sleep in our beds at night, knowing that we know. Our jobs back to front, yeah. Um, and hopefully that comes across to clients that you know there's no kind of dabbling in areas kind of half bait, uh-huh. these guys know their stuff, and um, they've been doing it a long time.
1: Yeah, if you focus on the one area as well, it's much easier to keep abreast of changes in the law because every mm-hmm. process of what we do in a convenience transaction will change every year. Yeah, it could be a change in the standard clauses, it could be a change in registration, it could be a change in land building transaction tax Mm -hmm. we need to be up to date with that at all times if we were doing five different areas of law I I don't understand how you could keep
2: no you don't have all the tax and stay on top of these things especially now where Mm -hmm. people are there's an expectation amongst clients I think where they're wanting expertise and if you go into a firm and there's the two of you and you're all singing all dancing you know it's very difficult to actually exude that that level of expertise I think Mm -hmm. Um, I was interested catching on what you said that you can sleep at night Um, I thought when I was doing the law that was one of the things that sometimes I (laughs) (laughs) struggled sleeping at night because Uh we've got all these because it it is an incredibly stressful job what you guys do And, and to a certain extent I think a lot of Clients out there just think it is a process of well it's been bought and sold five times before. It must be okay. What well, it's not a case of when can I get my keys? It's a case of well why can't I get my keys on Tuesday? Yeah. So burst that bubble and and just explain to people as to how difficult the transactions can be and why having a solicitor who is and knows their onions and knows and has got a, a huge amount of experience how they can put the train back on the tracks if something goes wrong.
0: It's only once clients do, do find some kind of problem or some kind of barrier mm-hmm. in the course of a transaction that it becomes an issue. Yeah. Now, if you're saying to a client, here are the possible solutions, X, Y or Z, mm-hmm. um, X will do one thing, Y will do possibly something else. Yeah. Um, here's what we would suggest for this particular situation yep. um, that's what they want you know you have to give them a solution to what that potential problem is mm-hmm. 99 times 100 that solution does exist yes, but yes. you have to get across to the client um, the, the kind of value of what each solution has
2: uh-huh. yep I completely understand that I, I think and that's where your experience comes in sure. because if you've got bags of experience the chances are You've dealt with that. You've dealt with a situation where you haven't got a building warrant, you haven't got a planning permission. Yeah. What about the septic tank? Yeah, um, and sure. that's where your expertise grows. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, certainly the experience that I have from clients who use solicitors and I and I end up doing the mortgages and deal with those solicitors, mm-hmm. is that the communication is is such that. Sometimes if they use someone where there's a whole raft and team of people, they don't know who's responsible for the transaction, which is, it's just going to cause more stress. And then secondly, what sometimes tends to happen is that the person who comes across the problem, the solicitor apparently, they know it's a problem they don't know what the answer yeah. is and instead of actually going to somebody higher up the food chain they stick their hands in their pockets look at their shoes and think well I hope it will go way yeah. <laughs> and then it doesn't go way over so you've already lost two weeks yeah. so I think going with somebody and we're going to talk about um, fees there's no doubt about that because I think when you talk about solicitors that's something that the clients are always talking about is that if you're paying a decent fee you're paying somebody for an expertise yeah. Very much so. Who knows what the problem is? Has come across the problem and won't stick their hands in their pockets and look in their shoes. They'll actually do something about it. a practical solution yeah. to it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I think in in coming away with setting a fee scale, in some respects, it is an insurance policy that you're hoping that you're not going to use because, you know, the three of us know that. Buying a house can be relatively straightforward as long as you've got a decent solicitor on the other side yep. and you've got cooperative clients. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem comes where the other side are a bunch of clowns, and you end <laughs> up having to do the job for All them. The yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that then causes a problem. Um, but and I think that's why paying a reasonable amount of money for a, a for a job in buying mm-hmm. um, is a, is a sensible sensible. Yeah, way to go.
1: Still cliche. You pay for what you get.
2: Well, it's it's absolutely true, but the difficulty is when you have these conversations, and we're talking about any industry. Mm-hmm. I And mean, mm-hmm. I can talk about this from mortgage side of things mm-hmm. is that we charge four nine five for a, a a resi mortgage and five nine five to organise a buy to let mortgage, and people will say, "Well, listen, why is it that cost? I can get it cheaper." Well, mm-hmm. everybody can get it <coughs> cheaper. Yeah. The problem is that. If it's a first-time buyer or somebody hasn't got much experience, they don't know the calamitous effect of going with somebody who doesn't do the job properly. Absolutely. Um, there's that adage about um, the, the pain of bad service is, is never forgotten, but the, the glory of getting £50 off a fee <laughs> is very well short-lived. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It really is. Well, very often with some transactions... Clients maybe all get their keys when they expect to get the keys, and they think everything's hunky dory until they come to sell the house. Yes, and it's only then that they maybe realise that they, if they paid a bit more for a better quality service at the time that they bought the property, mm-hmm. the problem which has now popped up when they're coming to sell the property would maybe have been addressed at that time. Yes, by which time you've gone five, ten years so far down the line,
2: and it's the, the more, thing more with difficult the, to fix. The thing with the clients is very much. They want the keys on the date of entry that they expect. And I remember David Round. Well, yes, <laughs> I remember David Round of Care Property telling me um, that the most important thing from a client perspective, he's a, an estate agent and letting agent. He said, if you can get the keys to the clients on the date of entry, yeah. what's gone before mm-hmm. is very much forgotten. Sure. Um, so that's, and that was really, really great, great advice. But ultimately, you need to make sure that what's gone before is absolutely as smooth as possible. Because whilst you get the keys for them on the date of entry, if it's been a huge hassle before, you ain't getting the business again. And they ain't going to recommend you. you Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, building the business. Uh, You will have being at the previous firm, you will have contacts and you said to me that a lot of those contacts are flowing through to you, which is yep. absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and where are you mm-hmm. getting your work from? You're getting your work from what? Referrals then, I guess? Referrals from mortgage brokers, yep.
0: estate agents, general, what the word of mouth, to be honest, with really. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we've obviously been pushing ourselves as well on LinkedIn. Yes, and well, that's, trying, that's where we met. Yeah, get as many contacts as we can. And surprisingly, we have had a good number of cases yeah, reaching out to people on LinkedIn. In the space of eight weeks we have... Which is a free platform. Uh We've not had to pay a penny for advertising. Um, And that's been a great source of work for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's one of these things just with a lot of channels as far as social media is concerned, as long as you are consistent and continue to post stuff, then that should continue to be a really good source of of leads for you and referrals
1: keeps you on the radar yeah. yes
0: absolutely. absolutely from my point of view I had this kind of dominant profile for some time I didn't really know how to properly utilise it mm-hmm. and then about a week into having opened the doors here we had a conversation I said to Shannon like how does this work you need to kind of help me a <laughs> it here and um,
1: LinkedIn tutorial yeah, yeah one, it was It <laughs> wasn't it
0: and we spent about an hour kind of playing about with it um, kind of Made my profile a bit kind of chunkier um, and a bit. the etiquette?
1: Yeah, of the etiquette. I, yeah. Who, can I, you connect with, who yes. do you not I didn't really with. know
0: what was acceptable in terms of reaching out to people, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but Shannon assured me it was, uh, you know. If
1: they're in your industry, yeah, you uh, it. absolutely. <laughs> Find a
2: reason to reach out, so I duly did. Mm-hmm. And once you start getting up into the thousands as far as contacts are concerned, it pretty much works itself. As long as you're consistent in, in posting, yeah. what you'll find is a lot of people when they want to link in with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that really annoys me is that clearly a lot of people who want to link in with me are just trying to sell me stuff.
0: Yes, um, we've had a bit of yeah of that as well. You know, lot, lots of Lead generation is a big one for me. <laughs> lots of recruitment agencies want to be our best friends as well just now. Right. And yeah. Uh, it's um yeah, you have to be a bit selective about who you
2: accept. But um huh, and I always think that you have to lead with value. I think that if you can help somebody, yeah, not sell something but help them um, without necessarily um, and, and it can be quite difficult because if you're in an industry that uh, aligns well with law or um, letting or mortgages then they can probably help you Definitely. but at, at a cost really what I think the, the, the LinkedIn uh, people that I've linked in and have created business have always led with value mm-hmm. and that la- value is very much all, all about we want to help you Yep. We are not overly concerned at the moment about us getting a benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And it's certainly something that I'm very keen on doing is that if you can lead with value, you've got to play from a social media point of view, a marketing point of view, it's a medium to long term yep. game. Totally. Mm-hmm. It really is. Well, we first
0: had those initial conversations, mm-hmm. we talked about... Um, what we wanted our values and our ethics to be, mm-hmm. and one of the words which we focused on had been collaboration. Yeah. Um, with not just clients, with people throughout the whole property sector—be it mm-hmm. brokers, be it estate agents, mm-hmm. be it surveyors, be it anybody who will potentially to um, be working with our clients. Mm-hmm. Now that could be even somebody that's organising—I don't know—a damp report or something like that. Yep. Let's all, you know, have a network um, of people that we can tap into and lift the phone. You know, if, there's a, if there's a problem with something, let's not um, turn it into a big drama. Let's lift the phone and let's all work together to, to try to find a way to just move things forward. Because yep. ultimately, that is to the benefit of the client, and the client will see that people within the sector are trying to work
2: together yep. for them. But I think it's it's also not just being sector specific. I think that as your client base grows, if you know your clients and you know a little bit about what they do, sometimes what you can actually do is you can assist them in their career. Very yeah. much. So and that is something that is really sort of left field, they won't be expecting that and you can put a price on that advanced point of view. Mm. And if
0: they can see that they are that we are trying to add value to their Life. The life, correct, yep. yeah. yeah, yep. um, Then I don't think that's something which you can put a price on. And that's where you build human relationships. Yes. Which is very much what we're trying to do here. Yeah,
1: that's totally what we're trying to do. And the whole point in us even putting our names to the firm, mm-hmm. that, that was a conversation that was had mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Do we go for a generic name and put law at the end, mm-hmm. or do we go down the more traditional... Looked on his old-fashioned route of putting our names to name. it, yeah, um, and it was something we deliberated on for a while. But the decision that we made was no, actually, this is something that we're very proud of. Our families are very proud of, yep. mm-hmm. and we hope it's going to instill confidence in the clients as well. You know, it's their name on the door, and I'm dealing with the person whose name is exactly. on the door. Yes, um, so in terms of the kind of brand, if you want to call it, that we're trying to build, it's very much based on that personal service mm-hmm. and then when we're dealing with the kind of outer industry as well yeah. um, it's just kind of building on those relationships through Michael and myself Very sure.
2: much so And looking on to the future then um, where can you see yourself being in say 10 years? Hopefully here <laughs> 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 Because we like it here yeah, um,
0: but if <laughs> no, the want is a time um, we would Hope to add different practice areas, and um, as long as we can be happy that we've got the right people to service those yeah, areas, yes, yeah, that's yeah. fundamental to it. You know, uh-huh. we, it has to be people that we know and that we trust.
1: We, to we do need to a bit of strength to, and uh, job. In, in terms of us just doing convincing at the moment. You know, the property market could dip at mm-hmm. any point, and mm-hmm. um, so as a business, certainly, you know, we do need. Yeah. to adds another strength to our yes yeah. when the time is right and when it's the right person. Yeah. You know, we're not going to just go on a big recruitment pool and uh-huh. pull in, in the first person. It's interesting it's what you,
2: you say there because it, sometimes property is going really well. Sometimes it's corporate. Sometimes it's commercial. Sometimes it's, um, it's some other part of the business. But I remember Tony Deutsch, who is now, a, a, well, he's retired. In fact, Sheriff Deutsch. Um, he was the senior partner at McDonald's where I worked for a majority of my legal career, 19 odd years um, and he was great because he ran the debt factoring and the, uh, the court department mm-hmm. and he always classed himself and his department as the ugly sister okay? <laughs> it was always the one that was dependable, it was always the one that was ticking over oh, yeah, everybody, everybody was suing everybody, they never had stellar years, they never had terrible years but I tell you what, they were—they became the bedrock of, of <laughs> yeah. the um, of the of the firm, and certainly when 2008, 2009 hit, you know, we were so grateful that they were about because mm-hmm. without them, then you're looking at redundancies. We ended up going down onto a four-day week. Thankfully, we we didn't make too many people redundant. Um, but again, it, it's all about. Whilst niching down is is really important, and and I think from the initial success of um, of a new business, it, it can attract a lot of of new clients, a lot of clients. Um, but you have just, I guess, got to be got to be careful. We're
1: looking to build something that is sustainable. Yes, you know, we're looking to do this for 20, 30 years mm. at least. Um, I mean, from my point of view, I would love to build something that's still here when I'm not here yes Um, you know you're wanting to build a legacy Uh Um, so naturally you know we'll need to add other practices and just as Michael said in the fullness of time um, and when we find the the right people
0: good Good. Good. I think when you've lived and worked through the the horror of 2008 and Mm. years have followed um, Mm. you are very mindful of the fact that you know if God forbid things go a certain way which I'm sure they won't mm. to that sort of extent, uh-huh. but it's always at the back of your mind that it has happened. Yes. <clears throat> and you always kind of fear the worst,
2: um, but it's always in the background. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about so getting in contact with you guys, mm-hmm. at, I presume through the usual channels. So we've got emails, websites, etc. So yep. mm-hmm. tell the, the listeners... Where where they can contact you?
1: Well, they can certainly visit our website. So, okay. we UK, um, and we have a contact us button um, that Good. you can just put in whatever information, and it comes straight through to Michael and I's personal well work email accounts. And uh-huh. um, Michael and I both have the phones as well that the emails come through to right. um, which are on us 24 hours a yes, day. Very um, much <clears throat> so we are totally contactable um, again I think that should make us different from a lot of what our competitors are doing just mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. Um, and yeah the mobile phones are always on us and clients will also have the mobile phone number Good. Um, to reach us which we've already seen the benefit of Definitely because are. people do viewings at the evenings at the weekends um, and sometimes they just don't want to wait until Monday to get that deal yeah. sorted but that's why well, like mobile
0: perfect. phone numbers are there um, if clients want to reach out to us at night or at the weekend we will be available Yeah. Um, and as Shan said clients are already starting to use that and from our point of view as well not just the clients point of view it's great because um, it means that we are getting ahead of the game Yeah. both in terms of servicing the client but it also means that first thing on a Monday morning we're not coming into, you know, a massive deluge of voicemails and uh-huh. emails which we uh-huh. have to deal with. Yeah, you know, in the bud. So. in
1: terms of managing your own caseloads, f- for me and I think for Michael it has been very liberating. Yeah. Um, to actually be able to do things in your own time, um, because sometimes you know you can finish work at five o'clock, you feel absolutely exhausted mm. after the day. Can go home, you have a second wind about you, yeah. And um, do you yeah. know what? I've, I've got another hour in me here, yeah. I can uh-huh. keep going. Uh-huh. Um, so that's been really positive over the Did last probably. few weeks because that's a new new thing for us. We didn't do that before, yep. And at our previous firm, um, but yeah, that's definitely been quite liberating. Mm-hmm. Great,
2: great. Well, listen, it's been great. I'm, I have really enjoyed the conversation we had uh, last week, and uh, of course, this week as well. Um, I wish you. All the all the success. um, I'm sure you certainly will be successful. You were successful in the the last venture, so I've no doubt that this one will be as equally successful. Before we wrap up, three quick questions um, that we'll ask you. Just a quick, what's the answer? So it's it's an either or. Okay. Car or bike.
0: Car. Car
2: for me as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gregs or Pratimonge? I'm going to say Gregs. there you go that says it all that says it all and then suits or law and order suits are you a big fan of suits
1: Um, used to be right Right.
0: good Um, I didn't watch either of them I'm aware of them but I would say law and
2: order good enough okay well listen thanks very much and uh, we'll catch you next time cheers thank you right what did you think of that I've been in the legal game for 30-odd years as a solicitor, and uh, we've done, what, 60, 67 episodes, I think, of this little podcast, and we've never had a solicitor on. So I thought, you know what, I'll dip my toe, I'll go back in, peek behind the curtains, and uh, and see if anything's changed. So... You know, it's great to interview people who have got the balls and the courage to go and start their own business. It really, I take my hat off to Shan and Mike uh, to take on that responsibility and all that red tape. Um, Yeah, just hat off to you guys, hat off to you guys. And I'm sure you will make a really, really good success of that venture. When we started the interview with Shan, I'd actually already had the recorder on. You probably already picked that up. And that's the way I really like doing these interviews. I'm very much not the kind of person who is going to say five, four, three, two, red light on, one, we're away. Question one. Question two. Question three. I like to take it more on the conversational style. And I hope you guys like that. I guess if you're continuing to listen, you probably do like it. But if you don't and you think that there's a better way of doing it, then, you know, just PM me. I'm on LinkedIn, so you can drop me a, a line on LinkedIn. I'm on WhatsApp, uh, just under Jonathan Williams. And of course, the email address is Jonathan at Bricks and Mortar Mortgages. Jonathan at bricksandmortalmortgages.co.uk. We're always looking for new guests and if you've listened to this and and you think that you've got a story that's worth listening to, then you know what? Drop me a line. Delighted to have a chat with you. We've got some great interviews lined up. We've got Sally Beard of Fine Home has expressed an interest in coming on. I don't know if you... I tell you what... go on to LinkedIn and and put in Sally Beard. She does some great stuff there on LinkedIn where she'll sit in front of her camera and she will dissect a property that they've got for sale for buy to let and go through the pros and cons as why they think that this is probably a good investment for you. So it's something that a lot of people are now using, the video on LinkedIn, and I think it's just great. So Uh, We'll try and get Sally on. Um, I'm talking to the good people at Reti, so I think we'll probably get some people on from there, from the south side. That's all in the pipeline. Uh, But as I say, if you want to come on, then drop me a line and we'll see what we can do. What are you up to this week? Got a busy week planned? We've got a 50th birthday coming up on Saturday, so we're all off to that at the weekend. I'm not running today. Is the Glasgow half marathon? I'm not running that. I, I went out for a run this morning, Sunday, and all the streets were all closed off. So it was quite surreal in running uh, through some of the course where the the runners will. I guess well, it's now twelve o'clock. I, I guess most of them will be. On the road at the moment So we're not doing that But shout out there to Colette Kerr She's in my B&I group She's doing the 10K So Colette, if you're listening to this uh, At some point, as I'm sure you are I'm hoping that uh, you don't have too many blisters And uh, that you've you've dipped under the hour I know you're trying to get under the hour for the 10K So let's see how you get on with that We're trying to sort out a trip Number one is, is off to, or is in Bilbao At the moment doing an O pair thing for nine ten months she's playing hockey out there as well and seems to be having a blast so we're trying to organize some accommodation for her uh sorry accommodation for us we're going out there to see her in october so looking forward to that and uh the hockey I'm I'm now managing the second eleven at GHK and we lost our first game, uh close game, and then we drew last we drew on Saturday against St Andrews, so we've got I think Kelburn coming up at the Glasgow Hockey Centre next week, so that's good. Um and that's pretty much it. Uh, next week we're going to try and get somebody on from Retty's and uh, I think next week at end of the month we'll probably go through the figures if you're interested uh, I know that if you're starting a business it's always good just to see how other people are doing so um, probably go through the figures the month's figures and how we've got on last month but you know till then thanks for listening as ever I'm doing it for for you guys out there hopefully you're enjoying this you're you're entertained by what we're trying to do at the Bricks and Mortar podcast, it's the Bricks and Mortar podcast, it's a sideways look at property and uh, don't forget, pick up the phone call Johnny and start packing, see you next week